Hey guys, a lot of stuff to tell you about today, starting with our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry's is, of course, the uh, razor and shaving supply company that delivers razors and shaving supplies right to your door. Uh, They're high quality. That is a terrific shave. They ship for free to your front door. They're about half the price of the other big branded blades. They make their own blades. It's, it really is a high-quality product. product. Um, the starter set is an amazing deal. For $15, you get a razor, moisturizing, shave cream, and three razor blades. Um, and there's a satisfaction guarantee. Here's the part where I endorse the product, and I genuinely am endorsing this product. Uh, Harry's sent us some stuff, um, and I have been a, an electric shaver user for like six or seven years now and I thought I will give this Harry stuff a try and it is really terrific no joke uh it's it's like a clean shave it's it's uh the stuff it's high quality stuff both the razor and the shaving gel and the aftershave lotion which is something I never used but it's really great um so I really do like this Harry stuff, and I hope they send me more stuff. And if they don't, I'm going to buy it because it's really uh, inexpensive and high quality. Uh, you get a clean, close, comfortable shave. Go to harrys.com, and Harry's will give you $5 off if you type in this coupon code, WRITER, W-R-I-T-E-R. That's all capitals. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com, harrys.com, and enter the coupon code WRITER. Uh, at checkout for $5 off, and you'll start getting a clean, close shave that you will enjoy. I actually can't wait to shave these days since I got this Harry's stuff. I wish I was kidding about that. So check it out. Once again, harrys.com, coupon code WRITER, W-R-I-T-E-R, for $5 off. Um, and uh, enjoy it, and thanks to Harry's for sponsoring. Now entering Nerdist.com. Hey everyone, this is Ben Blacker, the creator and moderator of the Nerdist Writers panel. I myself am a television writer, having written for such shows as Supernatural, Nickelodeon, Super Ninjas, and I'm currently working for the DreamWorks program Puss in Boots, which is available right now via Netflix. Uh, Check it out, it's pretty fun. I am also the co-creator of the Thrilling Adventure Hour, a stage show in the style of old-time radio. Uh, that is available as a podcast here on the Nerdist Network. For information about the Thrilling Adventure Hour, go to thrillingadventurehour.com. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel, and it's hosted by Ben Blecker, where he gets a bunch of writers, and he asks them lots of questions, and it's starting now, so this will be the end of the theme. Uh, you guys, thank you for being here. Uh, our old friend, Carrie Aaron, is back. Thank you for By old, back. you mean I've been here Come before. Come on. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> thank you. Just nice to be here. Um, and yes, and Freddie Highmore uh, is here as well. Thank you for being here, Freddie. Thank you. Which means our we're new here. friend. Yeah. Well, young well we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, our young friend. <laughs> um, it can only mean one thing. We're here to talk about Bates Motel, which premieres Monday. Um, Carrie, I have been watching, for the third time, Friday Night Lights lately. Your name comes up an awful lot, which is fantastic. Um, So what I wanted to talk about with you to kind of kick us off, and and Freddie, I'm curious to hear about this from you as well. Uh, Bates Motel is going into its third season now. How is it the same and different to things you have worked on in the past? How... You know, that's is actually a great question. The story, I'm very good at this. Yeah. How is the storytelling <laughs> the same? You're so complimentary. Okay. Um, and Freddie, likewise, you know, Norman Bates obviously is a huge iconic character. You've talked about this, I'm sure, many, many times in the past couple of years. But how is this character different to and the same as characters you've played in the past? We'll start with you, Carrie. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a funny question to me because. I have written a lot of different genres, mm-hmm. um, and people sometimes ask how you write different genres, and I think the thing is I write them all the same. <laughs> I, I think that's a good answer. Though. I mean, I think that's true. It's like sometimes you have to up the suspense more or whatever mm-hmm. it is to accommodate the genre, but I feel like um, what always uh, captures me in in any story is is the people in it and why they're doing what they're doing and what mm-hmm. they 
are trying to, what they need, what they want out of life that they're not getting, and that's always how I connect into stuff. Hmm. So, and what, what is that for Bates? <clears throat> oh, well, for Norma, she just, she wants normalcy. She want, you know, she grew up in a tough environment, and she never had that feeling of, um, peace or normalcy or that you were going to come home and things were going to be the same. You know, mm -hmm. it was like she grew up in a lot of chaos and I think that's huge for her. And I think also connection is huge for her. Um, and that's why Norman is so incredibly bound to her um, because they, they are that to each other. Yeah, so I think that's under everything. All the, all the shenanigans. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's well, kind of the... Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting. I mean, you you mentioned you are writing the same for across the yeah. genre because the genre stuff is just sort of the trapping. Yes, of it, yes, right? it's the shape. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there stuff? You know what? Let's let's go to Freddie on okay. this, and then I want to okay. follow up on that. Um, again, you know, you're a young guy, but you've done a lot of work. Um, how is Norman the same to and different from characters you've played in the past? First of all, I guess it's the first television show that I did, so that was a completely different idea, I guess, to start developing a character, not having... I mean, you kind of have the end point, mm -hmm. hopefully, as, <laughs> sure. long as, the, as long as the seasons carry on going, but there isn't that same pressure to rush any transitions or mm -hmm. to make this person into someone else, and so at the same time, you can... You can learn and change and I, I imagine it's the same with the the writing as well that you writers must start to sort of write for the actors and for the characters mm -hmm. that are being created and you have this idea in your mind as an actor and, and I guess the same as a writer of how things will come across and then over time that perception that initial perception that you have changes yeah uh, so that was new for me working in, yeah. in television I'm curious about like you know, knowing where this character goes. I mean, this is the show is a prequel, um, and and as Carlton has talked about on this podcast, it's a tragedy. Um, knowing where this character goes, does that change being in the moment with the character? Like, how how do you be in the moment with this character? Denial. Just, <laughs> I'm sure you find his redeemable features, and just yeah, I, I think the first two seasons, in a way, were getting people to support Norman and mm -hmm. in the third season for the first time what's fun is I felt more that we can challenge that and show a slightly different side to Norman that's a bit more uh, certainly more mature with the knowledge that he's gained but also manipulative perhaps at mm -hmm. at times um, yeah. but then holding on to this side of him that we want to to support yeah did you guys as collaborators did you have to hold back on making him a flawed character because you are trying to make him a you know a focal character for those first couple seasons i think i'm such a mother uh, <laughs> that when like my whole my whole feeling about norman and norma too to some extent mm -hmm. is just that they're good <laughs> like like i couldn't i couldn't really look at how they were not good i had to stay in in a certain in a way in denial um hmm. so I still feel that way, Freddie. <laughs> so don't disappoint me. <laughs> well that's I feel I mean, like he's not that manipulative. <laughs> but he is. Yeah. But you Well everyone's manipulative. Well it's oh, surprising here having seen this third season yeah. premiere where yeah. like it starts to get it starts to tip yeah. into some Norman territory that we know. Yeah. And and is earned. I think that Absolutely. was the that's what was perhaps you're saying don't go too far at the start and there was this I guess everyone suddenly gets, or you get the role of Norman Bates, and it's Bates Motel, and you think, oh, we'll be dressing up in the first episode <laughs> as Norma. Which everyone is always very excited to push along. <laughs> I know, and everyone's like, oh, let's do this, and you kind of want those. Sure. It's such a great opportunity, and those things are so, what's They're the right fun. word? Yeah, fun sure. and, and attractive yeah. to just... Yeah, go so far from the start, but the right. kind of deliciousness about the show is just waiting, and that that build up and the tension. And season three is kind of earned the perhaps more the Norman that we expected at mm -hmm. the beginning. Yeah, he's he's certainly getting there or showing yeah. flashes of it. But but I think you're right. I think it it's it's earned. I mean, we've been with yeah. them now for what twenty six episodes. Yeah. Um, what is what is the fun of this show for you? 
Well, there's there's a lot of things that are fun about it. I mean, one of the most fun things about it is that for such a dark subject, it is one of the most fun shows I've ever worked <laughs> on. Everyone on it is incredibly great and uh, good spirit and incredibly professional, really passionate about it. Um, mm-hmm. So we actually have a great deal of fun making it. Um, and... You know the other the the fun part and the and the creative process is just the the kind of sleight of hand that you get to do where you you get people to to engage and to feel and then you kind of pull the rug out and then you and then you and then you make them feel again and it's you know it's a, it's a little bit like conducting and that's awfully fun. That's really cool. <laughs> well, now who's manipulating? <laughs> oh, I believe me, I, I'm. I'm Class A manipulator, I'm sure. Uh, You're a Norman. Yeah. Now it's all making sense. He's not Norman at all. Yeah. Well. I'm just a very nice guy. Uh, what is the fun of this character for you? End of the show. As Kerry says, there's so many moments on set where the humour comes out and I'm mm-hmm. sitting there with Vera and we just... It's just so funny imagining these... Or imagining Norman, Norman and his dog, or these visions of <laughs> visions that Norman has of of his mother that flash to him at awkward moments, and we always just think, oh, we should just do a comedy alongside it, <laughs> just have this like half hour Bates Motel show. Oh, please um, do. <laughs> but also, I continually describe scenes as fun that, to the outside, don't appear to be fun at all. <laughs> And so, you know, another killing scene or a sort of smashing something up or a very uh, Norman in a more dangerous Mm -hmm. mode. I'll be like, oh, it's really fun today. Like, I'm going in to watch Annika uh, undress in the shower. People are like, what do you mean, fun? What sort of fun are you talking about? Well, what is fun about that for an actor? Listen, I don't know anything about acting. This is a writer's (laughs) podcast. Sorry. So you have to teach us everything. What, What is fun about that for an actor? I guess it's, uh, I mean, it's completely not your yourself in some ways, so you can indulge these um, tendencies that you... <laughs> sure. <laughs> not that, not that I don't you personally know. have, but that humanity has. Yes. Sure. And I guess the other thing with a TV show that's great is a sense of, especially when you've done a couple of seasons, that you can try something different and not feel mm. so nervous about it not coming off and maybe that's the same with writing that you've Mm -hmm. because it's somewhat established and people have liked Mm -hmm. some of what you've been doing you feel a greater a greater sort of confidence to Mm -hmm. to try something different and to push out different sides of norman that you might not have uh dared to do in in the first episode yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Were, were, was that true as a writer and as the writing staff? Um, did you guys feel like you discovered things along the way that you could then exploit or that the time was right to kind of push things out a little bit? What, yes. what was, were some of those things, like in season two? Um, or even as this, we're coming up on well, season Well, I mean, three. season two was, was, you know, that huge arc of Norman realizing that he may have had something to do with killing Blair was a huge thing and we thought a lot about that and how to do it and how to make him how to have him react to knowing that because that's so indicative of of his character and you want people to stay with him you know to not turn against him so i mean a lot of the trick of this show is keeping people on the ride with him with norman mm-hmm. Um, and I've always thought of him as the victim, as opposed to the um, the guy running around with a knife. Yeah, <laughs> because he really does not want to be this person. Um, and I think that that's you know that's how we look at telling his story. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great conflict for a character. Yeah, a great. Like you can play that story wise as as for as long as yeah. you want. Um. How do you dramatize that? Just really s- slowly and carefully, you know. I mean, <laughs> it I think it. it's, it's I think very deliberate. The the other thing in any episodic TV show is you have to constantly reinvent scenarios. I mean, it's just like in life when you are like, let's say, in a bad marriage. Um, 
you could be in a bad marriage for three years and every day will be different than the other mm. one. There will be a different version of what that looks like or how you react to it or how they react, you know. So it's kind of just working that out every day in the writer's room um, and keeping it fresh and keeping it real and also amusing ourselves. Like, mm -hmm. it's very important to feel excited by an idea and want to write it because it means it's new, you know. So listening to that is a, yeah. is important. And and the same question, you know, that conflict is so key to Norman's character. Mm. Obviously, you're given these terrific scenarios to play, but how do you how do you play that contract conflict within a scene? I'm always curious about that. Yeah, it's a hard question. I don't know. <laughs> you, uh, I guess, in some way, it just feels instinctual after a while that mm. Norman is battling these two sides to himself and. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to kind of express the process behind it all or, or mm -hmm. how you kind of arrive at this interpretation of a scene. But certainly something I've always thought is that it has to just come from from this real place and in a way the sort of secret of acting is don't act and just try and be as close to Norman as you can at that moment, um, within the confines of where you're working, I guess. Sure. Does that get scary for you? No, no, not at all. I never kind of go home and think, oh, I'm... I mean, perhaps to start, maybe you doing an intense, angry scene and mm -hmm. you're not just sort of suddenly walking off the set and laughing with everyone. But at the same time, you control yourself enough to not walk out and abuse everyone in the room. <laughs> right. Um, but there's always... And I think sometimes when those things slip out of people having yelled abuse, there's mm -hmm. a certain sympathy that you can have because if you've spent an hour shouting at Norma um, it's very hard to just suddenly walk out and like, I, don't, I mean Vera and I I guess do, we just like give each other a hug or something <laughs> but there's um, you do have to kind of work yourself up for real in order mm -hmm. to, to get that effect sure. yeah. and it seems like, you know, from the top down there's a really safe creative environment here um, I'm yeah. kind of do you find about, that writing? Sorry. yeah, I was like, curious about, about yeah, do you find sense? an angry that you that you As end I, up yes absolutely that you I work like yourself feel, up I and you like go and see your family yes. you're like ah what are you <laughs> well no because I confine it to the reality yeah. of the mm -hmm. of what we're doing yeah. but yes I definitely feel it all how do you how do you dig deep how do you find the truth in those scenes there's some heavy stuff in, in there I think I I I think I live in that <laughs> I think I live there, and the the challenge is not living there twenty four seven, like <laughs> when you're yeah. just having coffee with someone. Um, so I think that's just kind of where I I don't know. I just I'm very I, like people are fascinating to me, and how how emotions work, and what we all want, and how we like. Like you can talk to anyone, most people, not not Freddie so much, but like. <laughs> Like, within 10 minutes, you can get a pretty good feeling of what the person needs. Hmm. Um, and I just think that's fascinating. So how do you turn it off? How do you not look at 24? <laughs> how do you want to show that? <laughs> well, I mean, the good thing is you're working with creative people, and I think yeah. a lot of creative people live in that space as well. Um, and, uh, like, writers, one of the reasons I love writers' rooms is because we all, we all just go in there and talk about incredibly personal <laughs> stuff. And, sure. and uh, you know, it's, a, it's just throw it out on the table every day. That's what, what why it's kind of fun. I'm curious about how that translates what what did your room look like for season three was it the same as uh the first couple seasons no it, it's honestly it's hard to keep the same people because you're only doing 10 episodes and then it's just hard with the timing so we we had a new staff this year um and i loved my staff mm -hmm. but um, you still have a before. room right you don't tend to freelance them oh out. no no we have a, we very much have a room we talk through every single story and every single beat of every single story um uh, many many times, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and and so I want to let's let's kind of step back for a second um, and talk about the beginning of the show. We've talked about it a little bit on this podcast in the past, um, but specifically, where did Freddie come from? How did he? How did where you did cast Freddie him? Come from? <laughs> I'm asking her, not you. <laughs> um, uh, how April did you guys Webster, find him? Who is our who's our amazing casting director? 
Um, and just one of the, she's just so gifted, like, she just has the best instincts about characters and actors. Um, she, Freddie was the first person she put in front of us, and wow. um, we Skyped with him. I was 20 minutes late. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> I was in England. Okay. Um, so I came in a little bit late on that Skype, but he was so incredibly um, charming and smart and um, adorable. And so Carlton and I, the Skype ended, and Carlton and I just looked at each other. And we're like, well, he's kind of great. <laughs> and then um, there were all these complications with he was Schooling. in Cambridge um, yeah. and was going to do a. What was that thing you were doing? You were like it was going an internship in yes. Kuwait because yes. I was doing Arabic and Spanish. Yeah. So I was in. I ended up going directly from Kuwait so to there was, yeah to Vancouver. Wow. A million things to work out, so it was a very long process. Mm-hmm. But he was the first. We just fell in love with him. Interesting. And was there? You had seen a, a script at this point. Yes, and um, then yeah, because the, the first that was also what was so maybe unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and attractive as well is in the first season they had the kind of entire year committed there wasn't this there was this sort of bypassing right. of the pilot stage right. and, and so yeah, it was more six scripts were already written now. that that could be read and then there were just four more to kind of complete the season mm-hmm. so you could see so clearly what hmm. what was going to be taking place yeah. oh interesting I didn't realize that many were written ahead of time yeah um, it was nice it's yeah. a nice luxury to get to do that but you also I imagine you know you're doing that without a cast, without a crew, mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. knowing what these buildings look like. I guess yeah. you know what the motel looks like, but that, beyond yes, that, we didn't that. <laughs> you at least had that. Um, but you know, no directors. Yeah. So things must have changed once they production did, but they started. did not change drastically. Really? And maybe it is because we all knew the house and the motel. I mean, maybe sure. that's why mm-hmm. you had um, that anchor, and that w- that was the show. Mm-hmm. You know, that place. Um, which is not to say that they didn't redesign the house quite a bit, you know. Um, it's just so much bigger. I was, early, I was at Universal. It's just such a grander scale. It, it is bigger. All one. Yeah. yeah. And also figuring out the interior of the house because in the film it's very, it's like a lot of doilies and... <laughs> It's 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 much more demented. So it's yeah. like you know we wanted to hang on to some of that, funny. but not make Norma seem insane. Sure. So obviously insane. Yeah. Um, that's really funny. It never occurred to me that you know that was the homework that had to be done. Yeah. Was taking apart the sets and the, yeah. you know, the actions and these yeah. little moments. That's that's very interesting. Um. Yeah. And. Um, our artistic director mm-hmm. is pretty genius, Mark Freeborn. Mm-hmm. It's um, a beautiful, it's a beautiful looking show. It's amazing, yeah. And even just the details on the sets are mm-hmm. just um, so they're so great for character and for reality. You really walk into those rooms and you feel you there's like a vibe in them um, mm-hmm. that you feel. It's it's really great. That's great. It's fun now because you kind of create these real memories that are inside the house. Sure. You kind of go back for the third season and you're like, oh, I remember when you're sitting on the sofa doing a scene and you think, oh, I remember two years ago we were doing a scene here with yeah. Sheriff Romero <laughs> and, like, how times have changed. Yeah, but um, it's actually lived in. But it, and it, ha- yeah, it kind of holds these real, like, lived-in memories, as yeah. you say. Um, so, so let me go back to early on. Um, you had read at least the first script and presumably, yeah. you know, knew what the story would be for the, the next bunch. What did you respond to in this? And, and again... This is your first TV series. Mm. What made this? What made this the thing? What made this the one? It's it's funny how it um, it just seemed so immediately appealing. I mean, of course, I wasn't to know how well I'd get along with mm-hmm. with Vera and Carrie and Carlton, and but but they all seemed very nice too. Um, <laughs> Well, they were trying to impress you at the time. I know, yeah. <laughs> That's by why being I late. Yeah, by showing up 20 minutes late. Uh, but it was the opportunity to work, to work with those people and, and the scripts were just so kind of immediately got the character and I think mm-hmm. that that's sometimes when looking at scripts, if you read it the first time and don't have this, it's almost an immediate impression that you get uh, or I get anyway of whether or not you see yourself as the character or whether, mm. whether you see the character immediately and kind of I don't know 90% of the work is almost like 
done once you've read it and you think, oh, this is exactly how I want to play this person, mm-hmm. as opposed to sitting down forever and trying to work it out. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm not sure I immediately identified <laughs> with him <laughs> in terms of uh, in terms of that legacy or in terms of putting mm-hmm. him into that psycho space. It was certainly its own world, and then. Um, Rewatch Psycho as a source of inspiration, but it wasn't. Oh, I I love Psycho, and this isn't the reason that I must do it. It was very much its own project. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie, can you tell me about how the collaboration with the actors works? Uh, I'm specifically curious about, like, how much story do they know at the beginning of any given season, and how much do you guys know? Well, we usually know quite a bit because. We like to do the scripts ahead of time, mm-hmm. so we can really enjoy the production process and and really you know work to make it the best it can be. Do you are you able to do ten scripts before production starts? We don't usually get to <laughs> ten. We usually get to six or seven. That's pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it does slow down considerably once production sure. starts. But that's a great head start. Yeah, it is. It makes it it makes it um, actually. Just all the difference between being sane and not. Um, <laughs> and your <clears throat> writer's room is here in L.A., right? Yeah. And production's uh-huh. in Vancouver. Correct, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the collaboration, I mean, I don't even know how it works. It's And it kind of grows. It's different every year. I think, um, I think in the first year, you're all getting used to each other and you're all very... Like, Tentative. <laughs> yeah, we're, exactly. Yeah, it's like, and then the second year, it's a little less. And then it's, you know... I mean, people start being like, hey, this would be a good story. What if, like, this happens or that happens? <laughs> and then you see, th- like, I was telling this to Vera the other day. Like, when I watch dailies sometimes, I get story ideas just because <laughs> the character becomes so real in that moment. And I, and I like, look at it. I was just looking at her do a scene, and I went, oh, I know exactly how she would handle this thing that's coming up. Cool. Um, so I think it's sort of, um, it's more on that level where... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, we're all kind of psychically connected. I don't know <laughs> quite how it works, point, but it's yeah. kind of it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it uh, is. That's really interesting. But we're, off, we're in touch a lot. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Carrie, who's kind of taken the reins, I guess, to, I, to some extent with the with the writing. Mm-hmm. And I'm chatty. And, and I'm very needy. I have to I have to text every day and make sure everything's okay. <laughs> And so that way there's this constant dialogue. It isn't a kind of completely separate, even though we're in different places, it isn't. Uh, it never feels separate from, from L.A. or from yeah. what's going on. Well, that's good. Um, and do you send your writers to set? Uh, we do, some when we can, yeah. Okay. I, I like to have a presence of um, the writing staff on set. I think that's really good. I think it's great for them to be up there to see to see the production and and as i said there's like there's something that happens when you're on the set when you see vera and freddie and max and mm-hmm. nestor and olivia like when you see them do it it, it becomes so real and it's it's very inspiring mm-hmm. and it really gets you into this creative place that makes it so much easier to go back to la and write stories about it yeah so it feels real it's really yeah. true i mean there's something about seeing those characters inhabited it's chemistry. Yeah, yeah, it's like being present with it. I think it's important. Yeah, absolutely. Was there, and I asked this of Carrie earlier, but was there stuff uh, in, whether it's re- in receiving a new script or even within a scene that surprised you about the show or the direction of the show or even about your character in the past couple of years? Uh... <laughs> or even coming up. <laughs> it's the, I guess the one thing that's funny about playing Norman more than all of the other, and more than most people on TV is that there are less surprises. Hmm. But that makes it in some ways more enjoyable because you get to plan out to a much greater extent the trajectory of your character over the season, over the hopefully how many seasons mm-hmm. you get to do. So it's more the sense of excitement that you're going to be able to take that next step that you always knew was coming but you didn't quite know when uh, as opposed to something completely different and unexpected mm-hmm. but I think in, so in the third season what's what's so f- fun 
is the... It's dark. I know it's going to be dark. No. <laughs> no, more the, the breakdown, I think, of, of the relationship between Norma and Norman. Mm-hmm. And whereas I think they've both looked at their relationship previously as being beneficial to each other, positive and, and quite normal, uh, in the third season they both reevaluate that. And that's exciting to read and you start to see the sort of chinks appearing yeah. and the um, the ways that they start toying with each other and try and uh, get one over each other at certain hmm. points. Um, and so that's, that's what was great about season three, those scenes. I guess at, at the core it's always the sort of Norma and Norman scenes that then um, mm-hmm. dictate how those how that interaction dictates the sort of external reactions that then move move away from that. Yeah, it's like it's the sort e- of rippling out from yeah. from that those sort of central duo. It's exciting as a viewer too. I mean I want to talk a little bit about the decisions made even in this this season three premiere, you know, you spent two seasons building up this relationship. Yeah. Um, so why is now the time to start uh, dismantling it or even just start poking at it? I think I think with anything creative, you have to feel it out. And I think that by the end of last season, we felt that's, that's where it felt fun to go next. <laughs> it felt like the previous season, it felt... It felt really nice to take like a breath a little bit and to do a little bit of storytelling about them as real people, especially Norma, trying to kind of get what she really wanted, why she came there, let her blow that up, you know, because she's essentially self-destructive. <laughs> you know, that that seemed very fun. And then I think once we got to the end of, of that season, um, it felt like it was time to... It just felt time to do it. I, yeah. It's yeah. It's it's like it's that conducting thing. Yeah. <laughs> they missed that fist pump on the, on, <laughs> as they're listening. I'm not quite sure time what that to, meant. Oh, it was, I, I thought it, it was, was a shivering. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. Move forward in an aggressive manner <laughs> is what it meant. Well, I'm, but it, but it's not. I mean, again, based just on this season premiere, it's not real aggressive. Like it's not an explosion. No. It's like you say. You're starting to see mm. the chinks in it. You're starting to see these these little places where they can kind of take well, it apart. So yeah. how, did you, how did you and the writing staff start to figure out, you know, what's the way to do this? Uh, because it isn't so much about the tent, po- the tent mm-hmm. posts of Norman kills this person right. or this happens. It's more about the expansion of Norman's craziness. And that actually is really exciting thing to get to um, build because it's his brain, and as we all know, brains are complicated and you can do all kinds of things with them. Um, so it's really interesting to think, okay, how are we going to build out that part of the storytelling that's about what is inside of Norman's brain? Um, when you start, when you read the book Psycho and you start reading it, you think he lives in a house with his mother. Um hmm. And so that's, you know, that's incredibly interesting as a storyteller to tell a story about a guy who thinks he is living in a universe that doesn't exist. You know, um, that's really exciting. And so I think that's more how we think of it as writers as opposed to thinking of, well, when do we get to the part where, you know, Janet Lee shows up, you know, right. which I think would... Always happen off screen anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think that would that would be the fun of it. Well, that's your finale, right? <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> I've already written the fanfic. Um, let's talk about um, how how this show is put together and and sort of the process of it. I mean, you you alluded to it a little bit, but um, just from a pure nuts and bolts angle, mm-hmm. uh, you have a writers' room. Do you yes. guys? How are things pitched? What do you come into a season, you and Carlton come into a season with? Um, Carlton and I tend to sit down preseason and kind of spitball um, and come up with with shapes, big kind of arc mm-hmm. um, shapes that we like, and uh, then take that into the writing room and um, 
I, I, I and my writing staff, who I love, I'm gonna I'm gonna say their names really quickly. Do it. Steve Kranacki, Allison Evans, Phil Beiser, um, Scott Kozar, Erica Lopez, and Tori Spear. You guys are awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, so then we just take those big arcs and we build on them and we break them down and we throw out stuff that kind of falls apart and mm-hmm. then you know that's that's kind of just the sculpting part of it. Yeah. yeah. Is it a is it a democratic process? Very much so. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it feels like again knowing you come from Kadams uh, and and even the stuff you worked on before, like yeah. it feels like. These you worked in rooms where everybody has a voice. Oh my gosh, yes. I I think it's. I mean, why work with someone if you don't want them to have a voice? You know, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why. I'll listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you hire them because uh, yeah. you like their voice. And I think we have a, a great room because it's a very it's a really cool balance of of instruments, of like different mm-hmm. things that people do well. You mm-hmm. know, so it's it's really good. And then. I also, I mean, I I like to throw out ideas and get get response, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I I I sometimes can be a little too weird, so I need <laughs> I need to be kept in check. <laughs> you have six people telling you too yeah. weird. <laughs> Even that is too weird for me to tell. Well, I gotta say, like that's one of the better qualities of the show is. The line of weird. And I was going to ask you guys. Not getting both. too overexcited. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you both about tone. And, yeah. you know, how do you maintain this tone without going too far into horror, into camp, into yeah. whatever, um, into melodrama? Even. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't think it ever quite tips into any of those. And then how do you guys find on set, how do you find in a scene, how do you find that, that line? Um, I mean, definitely you on the page we do it by feeling it out, and there are times, especially on my first drafts, where it definitely tips. What does that look like? And then I have to reel it back in. Um, it's just crazy, like just too, just I don't know. I can write, I can really write crazy emotional mm-hmm. shit. Um, so then sometimes yeah, you know, in the next morning you look at it and you're like, well, I can't put that out. <laughs> So then you just kind of edit it back a little bit or, you know, adjust it. But mm-hmm. it, but it, but it, I think the thing that we always try to do is to just keep it as real as possible because there's any number of insane situations that happen every single day and are very realistic because they're real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's what we, we try to do. And then, you know, obviously having um, incredibly, you know, just... S- inspired acting um that always is grounded i mean it mm-hmm. blows me away sometimes yeah. the things that we throw at you guys <laughs> and that comes back so real you know and so moving and um it's really it's very cool yeah how do you guys you know maintain that dial well that's what i i mean i guess as i was saying before it is that sense of it coming from a real place and being uh being genuine as opposed to um as opposed to acting or at least having <laughs> yeah. or performing. But then what's what's fun as well about Norman in this in this third season is we see him performing a lot more and putting on these different personas as he interacts with different people. And so I guess in that case it's even more key to have your kind of grounded Norman as a mm-hmm. base uh, upon which then people knowing the character so well will be able to sort of appreciate these weird... Um, personas that he assumes in, in in manipulating or toying with people. Well, that's a tough acting trick, too. But it's 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 fun. <laughs> Good, that's great. Um, I'm sure there was never any question about whether or not both Freddie and, and, you know, the rest of the cast could pull that stuff off, but it had to be a conversation about how far do we go? I think in the beginning, everything is a question. I mean, I feel like, and I and Tucker Gates, who is our producing director, um, I think really uh, helped nail down the tone in the mm-hmm. pilot, um, and it, and it very much walks the line of coming right up against camp or coming right up against melodrama, but but always you know keeping it on the mm-hmm. other side. Um, and then I think naturally too, it's just Vera and Friday. I think that's sort of their very that's 
that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, there's very something something very human about yes. your relationship mm. with each other that you guys play, and there's clearly an affection there that must be, yeah. you know, it must come from a real place. From a real place, of course. Yeah. But it's also the writing. It's not just sort of throwing back compliments. But <laughs> no, the, um... I do this all day. <laughs> no, there. It's chemistry, though, and I mean, I do yeah. feel like that among like the whole production. There is just I've never. It's just such an amazing chemistry with mm. everyone. It's it's very cool. How do we you... should all get married. <laughs> <laughs> we are maybe in really. Canada. You can. <laughs> um, how do you? How do you get that? Like that's that luck. finding that chemistry. Luck. It really is luck, right? I think it, I think so. Yeah. I mean, for instance, Vera and Freddie never sure. read together. No, I mean, they're both off-only people. Yeah. You know, it's not like you get them to read. <laughs> um, and then just the first time we saw them together, we we're just like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is cool. That's an amazing feeling. It is. And then, you know, you won the lottery. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's a little miracle. For sure. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, just to pick up on something you were saying before, uh, are you, how are you at rewriting yourself? I think I'm actually pretty good at it. I think how I'm, do you do it? It's hard. <laughs> because when I write it, I completely give over to it emotionally. Like, I live it. Mm-hmm. And then when I once it's written, I I can stand back and look at it uh, outside of it. And what are you looking for in that second pass? I, I think probably looking at it as an actor or a director, hmm. saying this rings true. This is too much. This would be hard to play. This is redundant. This you know just stuff like that. It's very mechanical, really, when yeah. you think about it. Well, and that's this is something I actually want to do. That kind of pumped it in my head as you were speaking earlier. But you know, you've written. A number of pilots, um, and I'm curious about writing pilots to appeal to actors, directors, yeah. you know, all the people who have to read it to yeah. hopefully get that pilot off the ground. Yeah. What What is that process like for you? What's going through your head? Uh, I feel like I feel like again, it's that thing of of um, wanting to write characters that are uncommon hmm. and compelling. And a little different, um, you know, so that so that you're fascinated in watching them. Um, and I think usually the more complex and grounded a character is, the more it's going to appeal to actors um, and the you know the and directors. I I think um, I don't really you know it's like I've written um, when I write pilots. I've told so many of my friends who are writers, especially young ones, like you can't write a pilot and expect it to get made. You have to, like, I just think of it as, as almost like a school assignment that mm-hmm. someone is paying me for, which is awesome. <laughs> and I get to write this thing that I really want to write. And, you know, once you write it, it's it's kind of out of your hands because mm. there's so many powers that be about what's going to go, what they need, what they don't need. Um, but I, I also tell people, like, not to get up, you know, like, we should be happy that that's the way it is because if people could magically pick, um, you know... X factors. Um, they would they would hire ten writers and they would make ten shows and none of us would have work <laughs> right. uh, during pilot season. So, <laughs> good point. Um, all right. So to go back to the process of putting this show together, um, episodes are broken in yeah. the room. Um, are they fully outlined in the room? What is what mm-hmm. is the first thing? That uh, the they're they're broken does? down by beats. Okay. So we we have the beats, which is basically like I would say like a paragraph description of the scene. And so once we have have we kind of acted out out loud like through the whole thing like oh, really? a bunch of times <laughs> rearrange things. Are you Norman or normal? <laughs> well, we don't act it out by no, parts, but but um, it's more like, like yeah, pump. it's like radio uh, entertainment. <laughs> but you hear it out loud and you mm-hmm. can get a feel for it. Um, and then once we are happy with that, then we'll assign an outline. Okay. Uh, so then the writer goes off, does his or her outline. Yes. Uh, does that go to... It goes to you and Carlton, yes, obviously. Does right. it go to network also? No. Okay. So no. that's an, an internal yeah. document. Yeah. Um, and then you give notes as notes are needed. Yes. Um, and then usually they go to script off okay. of that and, and, and incorporate the notes. Okay. Yeah. And do you uh, do much rewriting? I do. And there's no bad answer. No, you know, I this mean... Is, this I, is the job of the showrunner. I, yeah, I mean, I think it has a lot to do with that tone mm-hmm. that is a, is a really Absolutely. slippery one, you know? This show is a specific voice, and that belongs to someone. But um, that being said, it's still part of a... It's part of a 
process that we all do together yeah if that makes sense mm-hmm. you know it's like it's it's still a collaboration oh for sure yeah for sure um what is i'm curious about this as you know a writer on staff myself what is the job of the your writing staff um i think the job of any writing staff i mean and i say this having been on many yeah. of them is to support the showrunner and to make their life as easy as possible to try yeah. to hear what they need and what they're looking for and then at the same time to imbue yourself into it in a way that becomes really necessary to them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean it's kind of, it kind of is that combination of elements on a staff. Yeah. Well, and I think we we may have even talked about this in the past of like even when you are a writer on staff, your voice is part of that show, yes, hopefully. Absolutely it is. Yes. And I think on the best staffs, everyone feels a little bit like they're running the room. I think I think that that's those are to me the happiest staffs when everybody feels really present and contributing and you know have you had that experience? Oh yeah, that's and, great. Um, I mean, working with Jason Kadams, mm-hmm. um, we mostly um, there would sometimes be like a like a number two person, mm-hmm. but generally it was we we did we just it was very democratic. Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing that a lot, yeah. about, uh, especially the Friday Night Lights room. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was a really fun room. That's great. Um, and and Friday, I'm curious from you. This is sort of similar to the question I led with, but you know, how is the physical production different from working on a movie? Goes a lot quicker. Sure. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Um, so, and so I'd say, yeah, that's the perhaps the biggest difference, mm-hmm. especially as we said that I know you can sort of map out your character beforehand, so there's right. no sort of surprises in that way. Um, it's, yeah. How how do you and the other actors, how do you grapple with that? I mean, it's a moving train, and that mm. can really be a challenge. So how do you guys, again, you're you're trying to, you're all working to make this show yeah. the best show it can be, so how do you... You know, one thing that I work on that schedule. One thing I always, and I, and then so much of it is from the writing as well. Of course, it's always sort of working in tandem. The fact that these scenes are written that may be reminiscent of scenes in the past, but they aren't entirely Mm. the same. Um, And similarly, it's this challenge to not uh, ever become so comfortable that you kind of with the with a character that you know how the scene is going to be before you actually get there. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to to read the scene and then think, oh, I know Vera will play it like this, and then <laughs> I'll react like this, and then that will be the scene. It's mm-hmm. cute. Which, after a while, I think is a danger because, because there, there become less and less different ways to play it. Sure. Uh, but it's, it, the challenge is making sure that everything is always fresh and different and mm-hmm. that you don't regurgitate things that you've done in the past Mm -hmm. and I imagine that's the same with with writing it too that you think oh we can just we've got an easy solution to this one we'll just play it out in this way (laughs) we've Um, done that we did this in episode 4 whereas and I think in the third season there are a lot more there's a there's different sides of Norman and different reactions that he hasn't had before Um, whereas perhaps the first two seasons were more similar the -hmm. third season it's really moving him forward in a new, mm-hmm. fresh way. Yeah, you're giving, um, getting different dynamics within the same relationships. Yeah. Yeah. That's really exciting. Because um, uh, it doesn't just descend into a sort of shouty scene <laughs> that you know is going to... Do you know what I... Yeah. Absolutely. You don't want to bore you? yourself. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's when you know it's time to go home. Well, after it 30 has to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah, it but has then, to stay surprising to, yeah. to you. Yes. Yeah. But then it's also at the same time slightly unnerving because you know that you could play it a certain way that would work well Interesting. Um, <laughs> but you sort of shy away from doing that in order to try and come up with something that's mm-hmm. that's different and more appropriate um, just thinking of like you know Norman and uh, the a love interest of, of Norma's character this year and an mm-hmm. interaction with them uh, and yeah, the, I guess the way he's interacting with new characters and the way he's taking charge a lot more in his relationship with with Norma. Mm-hmm. 
um, and in becoming more of an equal with her uh, and to some extent that goes down to sort of to driving the scenes in a way that Norman perhaps didn't when he was a little boy right. now he's he a lot more, more yes and now he's more mature it's the, there's a sort of greater responsibility as an actor in that way also to to drive the scene as opposed to having it taking a backseat and being the the young Norman who's just the victim right. <laughs> and it's super interesting to watch yeah. because Vera will have her own like chemical reaction to that yeah, you know sure. um, so it's it's really cool it's interesting I mean I didn't know that's what I was seeing on the screen but that is absolutely <laughs> what I'm seeing on the screen and it's, it's amazing that it's palpable in that way um, yeah. Do you feel like, as an actor, you have a bag of tricks that you can go to easily or that you can avoid in circumstances like these where you're trying to push yourself a little more? The same question's coming to you. Okay. Uh, bag of tricks. Not particularly. Okay. I think there are certain ticks that you give a character, mm-hmm. um, but they're not so much to sort of get out of a sticky situation sure. more just something that you is slightly repeated mm-hmm. over time but not in a not in a way of kind of getting out of, <laughs> sure. of what you're yeah, meant to I'm do yeah like of you know when you talk about i've played this scene a scene mm. similar to this yes. where i need the emotion similar to this so i know i can do that thing uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. you're able to go back and pick out that thing and say i can apply it to the situation I don't know what that thing sure. is. Yeah. Um, I don't know a trick. I mean, it's not particularly a trick, but something that I, I always... I trick is probably the wrong one. <laughs> but something I always we'll try tools. and do... No, I'm not sure I was going to describe a tool, but I don't know if this is the sort of tool that you're after. Um, <laughs> is um, playing against the emotion, mm-hmm. which I think also with a television show where you see the character... You don't want them ever to become indulgent or to feel that Norman is is uh, feels these emotions and is always so sad. And it's kind of keeping in your mind the fact that it isn't just that scene that you're playing now, but it's going to be a whole string of scenes over an entire season. Mm-hmm. And even if Norman is unhappy in lots of those scenes, you can't just go crying from scene to scene. Um, and also I think it's a lot more real to have characters that don't say exactly what they think. And in Bates Motel, there's so much um, of that performing, as we said earlier, or lying, or mm-hmm. simply just trying to cover up what you feel because it's too hurtful. Mm-hmm. And so I often write sort of P slash A on the side of my scripts as of sort of like playing against the emotion in the scene. And when you are really sad, you can just look at someone and say, no, I'm really I'm happy, and right. you know what they're really thinking yeah so maybe that's a trick of some sort yeah, well i mean that's certainly a technique I yeah think it's, it's really interesting um similar question you know are there what what are your bags of tricks as an actor um uh, as a writer rather <laughs> my bags what of are tricks they as, as an actor, an actor are much more interesting <laughs> um i know and, and i know I, that, would, that would honestly probably be easier for the staff to answer than for me because I probably don't That's see funny. them as well. I think that um you probably know what no, no, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I, I I guess I like to play I I like to play against stuff. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing something that's super emotional I will like to undercut it. If I'm if I like to this is probably a trick, although I don't think of it that way. It's a tool. It's a tool. <laughs> exactly. But the idea that you play the stuff that's very important, downplay it, and the stuff that's minutia, Mm -hmm. character stuff, big. Yeah. I think that's probably a habit that I have. That and I I feel like that is the way to tell good stories on TV. Honestly, (laughs) like make the small big and the big small. I feel like that's something we're all. That's the stuff we respond to most strongly on TV. Maybe. And it's also so powerful, the emotions in Bates Motel, that there's no need to yeah. overplay them That's or to true. make them... to try and make them big because they're not... because they, they already are at their kind of simple level. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, premiere Monday, yes. March 9th. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say about this? 
premiere or yeah, about this great. season. It is I think it's the best season. Best yeah. season it's a really good, good season, and it's um, get on the train now. <laughs> I, I do feel like if you've been enjoying the show, you're going to be knocked out by new stuff and like new emotions yes. and new kinds of scenes. Yeah. Uh, and if you haven't been watching the show, I feel like you can really jump in on this season. Yeah. You know, I, I feel that way too, and I think this is just when the storytelling is just kind of taking off mm-hmm. um, in a role. Yeah. Meaty way. <laughs> Another thing that's been tri- yeah. tricky um, this season, I think, with Norman now being aware of what he's capable of, hmm. of not having him, still not having him aware of where he's going. Mm-hmm. So you, and Tucker said this to me the other day. He was like, "Oh, there was a sort of one take, and it was like I was just too self-aware." Like, and he has this. Of course, he has this self-awareness, but he doesn't perhaps know exactly where he doesn't know where he's going to end up right. and so not sort of having him too manipulative which I guess Kerry will be pleased to hear <laughs> <laughs> well sure he's yes. learning how to do these things yeah. that's really cool um, and we'll end as we always do uh, and I'll start with you Freddie uh, what are you watching on television what are you excited about what are you talking with your friends your family your collaborators about not very um, not, not loads okay. I don't really watch that much television I've seen a lot of Parks and Recreation recently For- <laughs> that I've enjoyed a lot. All right. Um, Freddie and I are the wrong people to ask this question <laughs> to. You guys. Yeah. But you should hear him speak with his Castilian accent. <laughs> just, I think we're probably yeah, Spanish television so, well, shows. So, so you can catch up on Netflix. <laughs> um, um, but yeah. I was actually just trying to plug Netflix. people should definitely catch up on Netflix I'm certain they will we wrote together as well which we never got to discuss Carrie and I we did we wrote a pilot together you know you guys I asked you if there was anything you wanted to talk about (laughs) that was fun what what was this what happened it was a comedy yeah we wrote a half hour for NBC (gasps) Mm -hmm. it was really fun actually what? Tell me about it. Uh, it was it was based in the world of um, venture capitalism, and it was about a very um, overly emotional female executive and her British assistant. <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't know where the inspiration where came from. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. Was, was this just fun. this past season? Yes. I mean, this yeah. buying season? Yeah. Um, and how was it collaborating as writers together? Was, or did you it write was, it together? How did it work? We well, we did it because we we're in different countries yeah. pretty much the whole time. But um, it, you know, we didn't really know how it would work, and we kind of we sold it, which was great. That was a fun adventure, uh, and <laughs> and Freddie was great. I mean, for you have you you've never written a script before? No, he it was, was the first just, like essays at university, which were very good. <laughs> I read his essays; they were very very good. But it is <laughs> similar to acting. It's once you found that character, and then it's just you know you seeing the world through each of their eyes mm-hmm. and kind of writing in that way. But translating it to language rather than say emotion yes. mm-hmm. is, yeah. is a really interesting thing. But Freddie's all fun. about language though. I mean yeah. you it are kind good. of the you're pretty, pretty adept in that. And great fun just to create something that was sort of the thing that hit me most from the start. It was just you have absolutely nothing and you can kind of hmm. say whatever you like. Whereas with acting, you always kind of come through halfway through sure. the stage. So how did you guys even formulate the story? We were at the Critics' Choice Awards. Yeah. And we were thinking of ideas just for fun. And so we we just thought of that one. And we we talked about it a little bit more over dinner. And yeah. then we, we worked it out a little bit and pitched it. And the pitch process was great. It's okay. I mean, pitching, pitching is, is tough. pitching is tough. It's definitely not my favorite thing. And I was—it was funny going into the Universal offices with all of the Bates Motel. It was very surreal, <laughs> honestly, yeah. but it was you can't great. Just point to that. And go, <laughs> I think we we can know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, nothing like Bates Motel at all. No, but it was good. It went good. Yeah. It went really well. Uh, I will say, and and I have had the experience too of pitching with an actor. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice to have someone shiny and yes. you know, well-spoken that yes. they can, the executives can look at. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. That's definitely true because I usually just go in there and emote. Yeah, right? <laughs> emote all over the place for like 20 minutes and then leave. 
Right. But yeah. you guys are, you know, charming for a living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just a performance, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you sold this thing, and then uh, how long did it take to actually write it? And how did you A couple of months. We wrote. Yeah. You passed ideas back and forth. Yeah. yeah. You uh-huh. did the outline. Yeah, and then you did... Well, we, yeah, we kind we of split it up. all the you different did, bits. You did yeah. the first... Yeah. The Act first part, and, and then yeah. we would pass each other stuff back and forth, and... That's it was awesome. nice. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was, it was we'll do something great. else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you were both happy it with was the such process. Fun collaborating. And, yeah, yeah, that's great. yeah, it was great fun. That's really cool. Well, congratulations. Yeah, we worked well together. <laughs> <laughs> no fallouts. <laughs> Did you ever get close? Did you ever get dicey? <laughs> no, never. No, I can't that's imagine. Why it, was. it was so fun with a comedy though, because it's just yeah. I don't know. We both, I think, we have a similar sense of humor, and very it much was so. More just laughing. Yeah. Would you both like to do some comedy? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I do love comedy. I do. I'd love to, yeah. You guys, do it. <laughs> Just do another one. <laughs> yeah, do another one. It's easy, right? Yeah. Uh, well, that's really cool. Uh, congrats on that. I'm sorry it didn't get made. Is yeah. What am I well, saying? not right now, anyway. Okay. Yeah. But if but someone you know, wants how a networks are. story about... <laughs> Anybody who's listening to this. Swing by. <laughs> Call Universal. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, well, that's cool. Well, we look forward to more collaborations, uh, more written collaborations, and yeah, I, more uh, uh, production collaborations. So, yes. uh, and we'll all be watching season three of Bates Motel. Thank you Thanks, so guys. much. Thank you. Thanks for Cheers. coming. Lovely to be here. Thanks. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 